0: Ladies and gentlemen, coming soon, a podcast you've all been waiting for, the movie podcast to end all movie podcasts, a podcast that discusses and critiques the best of the best and the worst of the worst movies playing at a theater near you, with a host whose opinions have been deemed as fact by your favorite fact checkers, and that's a fact. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the movie maestro, the tyrant of theater, the gumshoe of review, the man that makes theater employees and Hollywood execs shiver by his mere presence. Ladies and gentlemen, the judge, the jury, the sultan of cinema, Justin Henson. Welcome to the Movie Wire.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference.
2: Welcome to this special edition of The Movie Wire. I am your host, Justin Henson, and welcome to the show. We got a very special episode, Midweek. This Midweek episode, we will be reviewing three Oscar-nominated films, including Licorice Pizza, nominated for three Academy Awards, Will Smith, King Richard nominated for five Academy Awards. And finally, Dune nominated for a whopping 10 Academy Awards, all of which are nominated for Best Picture. Want to hear my review? Let's get right into it. Nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Picture. Licorice Pizza is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who is known for his Oscar-nominated films and winners, Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, and Golden Globe-nominated punch Drunk Love. Paul Anderson has been a wizard with original material that he has also written. Anderson is obviously a very talented writer in a time of requels, sequels, and remakes, He is a very brilliant man to have in Hollywood, especially with his award-winning resume. I have loved a lot of his work. This, I have to say, was not one of my favorites of his previous films. The movie is about Elena Kane, played by Elena Haim, and Gary Valentine, played by Cooper Hoffman. It follows these two characters growing up and falling in love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. There is definitely a lot of nostalgic feels to this movie for those of you that grew up in the 70s. The movie plays it very subtle and plays it very cool, a little too cool, on its intentions of where it's going to go and what kind of movie it wants to be. The movie likes to leave a lot to the audience assumption. I did have to watch this movie a couple times to pick up on some of the things I asked myself during the viewing of the movie the first time. Was I supposed to find that funny? Did I find that funny? Are they flirting? Are they in love? Some basic questions. The movie has its moments that you may miss after the first viewing, and I enjoyed the movie more the second time around. Anderson tends to bounce around quite a lot in this movie that makes it easy to miss some details in the movie the first go-around. You have to have the right attention span, be in a movie-watching mood, and not be distracted by other things around you. If you are distracted in the viewing of this movie, you will get lost and not pick up on a lot of the brilliant writing. This movie requires your full attention to appreciate the subtle humor and dialogue. The movie does take you back to the 70s and engulfs the audience in that era. What Anderson's opportunity in the film is the unbalanced pacing. When making a movie about romance and the love and the chemistry, of course, is the most important. When Elena and Cooper are on the screen together, it's a hit or miss when it comes to the chemistry. The best scenes of the movie involves the two with Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, who plays a Hollywood big shot that just so happens to be dating Barbara Streisand, who doesn't appear in the movie, is just hinted at. This is Bradley Cooper at his best and helps support the chemistry between Elena and Cooper. Again, when the two are together, they're just kind of meh. The chemistry just doesn't get us to care too much if the two end up together. The funniest part of this movie came from John Michael Higgins, who owns a Japanese restaurant that doesn't speak Japanese, And I won't give anything away, but that's all I'll say. There's a problem when making a movie about two people falling in love. Elena and Cooper in no way are bad in this movie. When the two are in individual scenes, they are outstanding. Which tells me, I hate to say it, that Anderson's writing didn't help support the chemistry or growth of these two characters. Which I will be completely surprised if this gets an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. The movie has a lot of awkward moments that will give you a chuckle But if you're wondering while watching, if you should be chuckling, the movie isn't bad by any means. It has its moments that it shines, but suffers from an unbalanced pacing and chemistry that is lacking from the two main characters that we're supposed to be rooting for. By the final moments of the movie until the credits roll, I shrugged and said, who cares? The movie has style and very subtle humor and some good individual performances, but it loses when it comes to balancing and dialogue to help support the cast. For some of you that don't know, Licorice Pizza is slang for a vinyl record. It was also a record store in the 70s and 80s. This movie is filled with a lot of great A-list actors. John C. Riley, as you might catch in the background, as Mr. Munster. And you have a lot of cool cameos like that that kind of shine through that just keeps you engaged in the movie. But this is a type of movie that shouldn't rely on some cool cameos in it to keep the movie tugging along. That's where the movie kind of loses my interest. This movie has huge potential in the originality of the entire film, but it loses interest because of the dialogue falls flat. The dialogue should be pushing the two characters to evolve and make the audience care more about it, but unfortunately, it never evolves into a relationship that we care about. These two main characters do have an amazing talent, but they need to work on chemistry and they need dialogue to help support that. So I will give Licorice Pizza, final judgment on Licorice Pizza, I give it two and a half stars. little disappointing in Anderson's uh, writing on this one. It's not at his best, but it's definitely not a horrible movie. Check it out on streaming. It's available now. <laughs> Dune, nominated for 10 Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Now, before I get into it, here is a movie review I'm sure that will give me a lot of middle fingers, a lot of flack, but hey, I'm here to give honest reviews and I don't care. This movie obviously has a dedicated fan base to the books and the original movie. I've had numerous discussion with people that are fans of the book or and or the movie. When I gave my opinion of the film, they followed up by asking if I read the book. No, in full disclosure, I have not read the book. Every time I get... The same damn response. Oh, that's why you didn't love it. I, I'm just thinking, since when do I have to go to a movie reading the original material 100% of the time to enjoy the film? I'm sure there's people out there that do. I'm not one of them. I am sure this wasn't the filmmaker's intent to just make a film for the fan base. It's usually an intent to respect the fan base and also respect the filmgoers. Based on Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family that is given the trust with the protection of the most valuable asset and element in the galaxy. The film has an incredible cast, incredible director, and incredible set of writers. The movie stars Timothy Clement, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Oscar Isaacs, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgard, St- Stefan McKay Anderson, and Josh Brolin. This is a great lineup of talent. But where I was really let down was with the writing. The movie has three incredible writers. John Spatz, Dennis Villeneuve, and Eric Roth. These writers have done some incredible movies, but I think these writers desperately tried to stay safe to the tone and the material. There are no risks in the dialogue, and the dialogue adds nothing to the character's development. I can almost see the good intention to attempt some memorable dialogue, but I think there is too much talent in the room for their own good. I think the filmmakers would have had better luck with a less-is-more strategy. But in all fairness, I have now watched this film three times, not because I loved it, but to fully understand it and try to appreciate it. But alas, this this did not have any success for me. The movie reminded me of buying tickets to watch Ben Stein read live. You buy the tickets thinking what a great experience it would be to watch Ben Stein live. Once the show starts and you discover it's just Ben Stein reading the encyclopedia. The movie looks incredible, but the audio doesn't match the video when it comes to excitement. The movie doesn't assault the eyes with in-your-face effects, but a great deal of love went into the CGI and atmosphere of this film. That's the biggest thing the film gets a thumbs up from me on, is the CGI. But unfortunately, the audio gets delivered like it's getting hit in the face with cardboard. It's limp, boring, and adds no likability to the characters. The movie moves super slow, which I could appreciate if it gave the audience something to root for or to digest after the movie. There are multiple points in the movie where every line is delivered at an extra slow pace and then the characters walk and move extremely slow. It must be the gravity in space, I don't know. Something with futuristic space, I don't know. Or some sort of disorder, they don't tell us, that happens in space. But everybody, when they are delivering dialogue or they're moving, is just super slow. It's like reverse dramatic. Now, the cast does their best with the material they have. It was great seeing the talent on screen. I just wish they had better material to work with. The book, from what I read, is absolutely incredible. And it's a shame that they didn't take a little bit more risk to give the audience something more. I could almost see a cop on the set with a radar speed gun checking the cast speed to ensure they don't move or talk so fast. It's almost like they had some very detailed dialogue and they wanted to make sure the audience got the full concept of it because it is, at times, hard to follow along with what's going on. Some not familiar with the book or story prior to going in might find the movie somewhat confusing and hard to follow. I wanted to like this movie. Let me be clear on this. I really did. If you can play the movie at two times, three times the speed, it might entertain you more. The movie has everything going for it when it comes to the cast, writing, great effects and I give credit and respect for the attempt of what they were trying to do, but I'm not here to give out participation trophies, so here it goes. I'm giving Dune two stars. And finally, nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing, and of course, Best Picture. King Richard is based on a true story about Richard Williams, a father of five girls with a 78-page plan and future plans for his daughters focused on Serena Williams and Venus Williams, the world-famous tennis players. Richard trains Venus and Serena... On a tennis court in Compton, California, Richard pushes his daughters to train for success to ensure they don't end up on the streets of Compton and make something of themselves not only in the sport, but in the mind. This movie doesn't focus on the two famous tennis players, specifically Venus and Serena, but they focus on a family that works together against numerous struggles to ensure that the family not only survives the challenges of life, but they do it in a moral and just way. The movie is directed by up-and-coming Ronaldo Marcus Green and written by the up-and-coming Zach Balin, who is set to write the upcoming Creed 3 for a first-time big film for the writer and the director and Will Smith's dedication to win an Oscar. The filmmakers had their work cut out for them. Before the movie came out, the real Venus and Serena Williams required that they screen the film before it was released. As Will Smith described, they were in tears and they loved it. Smith has done some great work when it comes to playing the main character in biopics such as Ali, Concussion, and The Pursuit of Happiness. It is very hard not to compare his performances in this one to the other characters he's played in the biopics. It's no secret that Will Smith's mentality is Oscar bound. And with picking biopics as his gateway to the Oscars, so far it hasn't bowed well for him in the past. The big question is... Is this the Will Smith biopic that's going to tell a different tale? Let's deep dive into Richard Williams played by Will Smith. Smith here does a great job portraying the real Richard Williams. There is no question that this father brought up some talented daughters. Will Smith's character has a very innocent, strict, but fatherly chemistry with Venus played by Sunita Sidney and Serena played by Demi Singleton. You fall in love with the relationship that they have, which helps support Smith's performance. There are points in the film that I wish Smith's performance would have gone further. One of my favorite performances of Will Smith is The Pursuit of Happiness. Here uh, we see uh, Smith show his vulnerability. This was one thing that could have been demonstrated his his range is having Smith show some vulnerability in this film. Having the pressure of raising five girls in Compton, I don't care how strong of a father man you are, the stresses wears on fathers as well. I think this was a missed opportunity for him, which I think might hold him back for the big Academy Award win for Best Actor. Now, in biopic movies, I'm sure there are some exaggerated moments. I feel they were very careful with Will Smith's portrayal of Richard Williams. Here is a man that is raising $5 along with his wife, Brandy Williams, played by the lovely Anjanine Ellis in Compton, California. The movie does a decent job balancing between Richard Williams, Venus, and Serena, and some cut scenes uh, and some special moments with the family. The movie's pacing is on point in this film. The film takes its time to ensure the accuracy of the characters it portrays and our love of the characters keeps us engaged. As a sports biopic, we should experience the feelings of the players. We should feel their wins and their losses. The movie is very successful in this. We just don't cheer for Venus and Serena, but we cheer for the entire Williams family for a win. With how close this family seems, the filmmakers invite us in as we are part of the family. After watching a film like this, it makes us want to be a better human, a better parent, and encourages us to just do better. It will make us question ourselves if we are pushing ourselves to do better and ask ourselves, can we do better? In the words of Richard Williams, we can do better. This film is a good film, but it's not a perfect film. In terms of misses, the performances range and struggles are limited in this film. I wanted to see a little bit more focus on the struggle of Richard and Betty Williams so we can see and relate more to them. I wanted to see a more human side to them other than just dedication to their children. I wanted to see the real struggles of the parents, what what it's like to try and uh, train two all-star tennis players while balancing the relationship with the other daughters. That was the biggest missed opportunity in this. I know that Venus and Serena are the biggest points of this movie, But it takes a family to raise a family. It's not just the parents. But I really wanted to see what the real-life struggles are. Was there jealousy in the family? Uh, At what point did uh, Betty and Richard uh, struggle? There's got to be some real-life struggles there, other than just competition. It seems like something small. But when you have a character biopic driven by characters, it is one of the most important things to give the audience But nevertheless, this movie is an important movie to have for families to watch. This movie does a pretty good job. If I had to compare it to Will Smith's old work, Pursuit of Happiness is one of my favorite movies of Will Smith when it comes to his biopics. And I think he does a good job, and it's almost like he's picking and choosing what kind of character he wants to play in his biopic movies. It is okay to show some vulnerability to some characters and some strength. That is the key to success. I know there is a lot of awards going out for uh, King Richard right now, and rightfully so. But when it comes to the Academy Awards, I think a couple of those pieces to show his range is really going to be a miss for him this year. But stay tuned for my Oscar special next week, and I'll go more into detail on that. But I am giving King Richard a solid three stars. It is a good film and a great film to watch with your families. King Richard is available on all streaming services right now. Check it out before the Oscars come at the end of the month. Thank you for joining us on this special episode of The Movie Wire. We will be back again on Monday to review the last two Best Picture nominated films, Drive My Car and Belfast. I will also be reviewing the Disney Plus exclusive, the remake of a remake of a remake, cheaper by the dozen, available on Disney Plus now. Up until then, support your local movie theaters, and thank you for listening. We will see you on Monday.
0: A verdict has been made on this episode of The Movie Wire by your host, Justin Hansen. He thanks you for listening to the show. You can follow Justin on Instagram and Twitter at MovieWireShow or visit his website, www.themoviewire.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Until next time, we will see you at the movies.